Andre Dawson, Hall of Famer from the Chicago Cubs, and you're listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast featuring everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Manaman. Welcome back to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. As always, this is everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman, and we have an exciting episode for all you Cougars out there in the Cascade community. As for the first time in program history, Cascade will be making back-to-back trips to the state tournament. Stepping into the batter's box here shortly will be head coach of the Cougars via the Nolan Weber Insurance Hotline. Roman Hummel will be joining us. But before we welcome in Coach Hummel, this season and this episode would not be possible if it was not for the great sponsors of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Huge thank you to Dugout Sports, Train, where the pros in Iowa train. The New Eagle Group and New Eagle Insurance, Nolan Weber Insurance, fully distributing, and also owner and operator, Tyler Ernson from Genuine Landscape and Design. Batter up, here comes Coach Hummel. Coach Hummel, welcome back to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. I have to be 100% honest with you, and I hate that phrase, 100% honest with you, just because we should be honest all of all the time, but it has been a crazy couple of days. It's been a crazy morning. Help me out here. Help the listeners out. Give us... Uh, quick background or synopsis of the history of Cascade's program. How many years will this be for Cascade going to the state tournament as a program? Has Cascade ever won a state tournament? And then I did read a tidbit about you that I do want to ask you about in a little bit. Uh, Yeah, so this would be the sixth time that Cascade's been to the state tournament in their history. Uh, first time being, I believe it was 81 or 82. I, can't, I might be wrong on that one. And then we went 99 and 04 and then 15. And then we went last year and then this year. So this is the first year too that we've ever gone to uh, the state tournament in back-to-back years. I was just going to ask you about that. So we know about Coach Rowling, who was at Cascade for a very long time, won Gatorade National Coach of the Year. Now, you kind of get to put your stamp on the program. Historically strong baseball program. What, what does it feel like to be able to take a team, two different groups of guys, to the state tournament, which is one of the most difficult feats in all of high school sports to do? You know, it feels great. Um, growing up, watching, you know, high school baseball in Cascade, you know, living in Cascade my whole life, and then being part of the Cascade program as a player and getting to go to the state tournament as a player was, you know, all of those things were were great, you know, feats that I was I was able to be a part of. And then know to come back and be the head coach at cascade and have the success that that we've had within the program and get into the state tournament now and back-to-back years it's just it's great you know i think you know, one thing a lot of people have always said you know that it's always been a tough road because we've been put with dyersville a lot and there's many many years that people 
you know, back in the history side of it, we'll go back and say, if we didn't have to play Dinosaur at this time, we would have been at the state tournament again. And, you know, we're finally gotten to that point where we're separated a little bit more and we're getting those opportunities to go down there. And so, yeah, it's just, a, it's a, it's a great feeling for myself, for the community, for the players, you know, like we said last night to them, you know, coach Weber had mentioned right away is like, you know, fellas, we don't have a ton of guys in our team right now that you would really go up there and say, Hey, you're a top 25 player in cascade history, but you've done something in cascade history that no, no teams have ever done. And you've got back to back. You know, we had a lot of players that were on last year's team that are back this year. So it's a huge accomplishment, a great feeling for all of us. It's it's great to have Pat on staff because he's very well-spoken. And he always has those sound bites that you can really use to motivate some kids or to have kids put things into perspective and the historic things that they've done. Now, I want to give a huge shout-out. I don't have permission to use his name, so Will... If I use your name and and you're not okay with it, please don't sue me. But uh, Will Rowling did it did me a huge favor. I I on social media said I was going to have you on the podcast today, Coach, and asked for some questions. And Will did my job for me. He gave me three great questions, two of them that I was actually going to ask, but he phrased them much better than I would have phrased them. So, Will, thank you for being an avid listener of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast and sending in questions for us. He wants to know about your thoughts on Mason Odding. How have they been over the past two seasons in the moment after he tore his ACL in the fall of his junior year, especially being able to play such a strong shortstop and come up with clutch hits in back-to-back sub-state games. And I was going to ask you about Mason Odding, Coach, because I remember when we talked during the postseason, I'm sorry, during the preseason, he had a great year, he suffered that injury, and he struggled a lot last year. And this year, he's put together a great year. On-base percentage of 526, average of 435, leads the team in RBIs with 28, and he's hit two home runs on the year so how important has he been this year having him healthy i think is the biggest difference maker you know i i guess i would have expected him to maybe have the year that he's having this year last year and then this year to be even better but obviously with the injury that kind of put a big damper i think on what he was able to do last year but as the season went on last year you could tell that he got healthy and he was really, really good in the postseason for us last year. And he, you know, had a huge hit for us against uh, West Liberty to put us ahead. And then, you know, we were in, sitting in the dugout and uh, Coach Weber, Coach DeSouza and myself were all in there. And he goes, with who was coming up in the order, he's like, we got, we have Mason Odding doing some magic again. And sure enough, you know, he was the one that was at the plate and came up with the big hit. And he's really you know, honestly been on fire here probably the last couple of weeks. There was a time I, I mean, I don't exactly, but I know he was only hitting about 350, 360. And, you know, through the end of the year and through districts so far and stuff, he has just crushed the ball, come up with huge hits. And like you said, you know, he's up to 430 now. And, you know, I think just from the perspective of you really want a, a great shortstop to be there. And he played a good shortstop last year, but he's been really, really good last year. Um, I'm, I was really hopeful that maybe somebody was going to have their cameras out at the very end of the game. They hit a line drive to short to end the game. And it was 
I mean, Mason had to have about a 48-inch vertical to catch that thing. It was unbelievable to see him jump. And so just him being healthy is probably one of the biggest difference makers for us this year. Talk about the development over the season and the offseason of Eli Fritz, Mick Hoffman, and Tyler Smith who didn't play at all really last year and are playing a huge role in the season this year. So, you know, going into the season, you're always looking for people that will bring some depth to you and, you know, especially in your pitching staff. And that's, that's a part where, you know, Eli stepped in and he was just a kid that threw strikes for us. And he gave us an opportunity in a lot of games to get, to win and he he did that all year long for us and you know Mick kind of developed into a guy that we could trust out of the bullpen too to be able to get some stuff done and then as as the season kind of went on a little bit too I knew Mick had a chance to be a, a possible position utility guy that could sub in and do whatnot but he played really really well so he got the opportunity um to start his second base and has been really good there all year long for us and and Tyler you know it's somebody that nobody's really going to talk too much about because he doesn't hit but at the end of the day, you look at this and you say, you know, Cade Roush is a really phenomenal catcher. He does a wonderful job back there, but he's also our best pitcher. And so you need somebody behind the plate that's going to, A, be able to handle him and just even handle himself. And he caught a little bit, like here and there, just as a sub last year as an eighth grader. And he was the one that I said, he's got to be pretty good for us if Cade's going to pitch. And we had used Will Hush last year, and he's definitely a kid that we could put back there, but I don't like to take him away from center field. But so we gave Tyler the opportunity, and he's been really, really good. Um, And again, for a guy that doesn't really – nobody's going to talk about him at all in terms of what he brings to our team. But what it does is allows us to have Kate on the mound. And if we didn't have that opportunity, we'd have to take Will away from center field, and it hurts a little bit defensively. But we don't – he might lose a little bit from the blocking perspective and the arm from Tyler, but he receives the ball really well. Um, he listens. He's a good student of the game, and he's just been, you know, one of those really unsung heroes that you have on your team. You mentioned Cade Roush, and wow, when you and I talked in the preseason, coach, I know um, you and I don't have much hair, but if we did, we would have lost it because of the unknowns of your pitching staff coming into this year. We talked about how you lost Jack Carr, who who won my postseason award last year for pitcher of the year with a handful of other guys. Talk about the development of Cade Roush. And then also we've had some eighth graders in Jackson Green, and we've had some other guys such as Jace Renicky. And you mentioned Eli Fritz as well, but talk about the pitching staff. That went into your season as probably your biggest question. And I might argue right now that it's one of your greatest strong points. You're going into the season, you, I, you, you, you know, in my head, I, I had said this before, you know, I expected Cooper to be our number one guy. And he kind of goes down with an arm injury and isn't really able to be himself at the beginning. And then basically we've, we've shut him down. He's, he threw a little bit at the end of the year for us just to see if it was going to be okay. And his arm feels okay, but there's just, it's not the same type of person as he was last year, but definitely a guy you could rely on. But, you know, looking at Cade, we knew that he was capable of being a pretty big part of our team from that perspective of being one of our better pitchers. But you know, he did that. He was in the same boat as, as maybe Cooper was last year where he closed, but he 
you know, we used him quite a bit and he caught and all that. And then at the end of the year, he had some arm issues and we couldn't really throw him at all. And so I told him at the beginning of the year that in order for us to be, you know, a, a state caliber team, a state title type team, he's going to have to be a, a, a bigger part in that pitching role. And he, he jumped on board right away with that. And he has been phenomenal all year for us. Um, he's one of the, one of the biggest competitors that we've had in a long time, you know, what, whether it be behind the plate or on the mound or at the plate, um, all of those things he's done, he competes, he wants to win. He's a, you know, he's one of those guys that I would say you talk to him 10, 15 years down the road, he's still going to be supporting Cascade, Cascade athletics. Um, that's just the way that he is. You know, just as the years gone on, you know, the first couple of games, he was, you could tell he was overthrowing it, you know, as having, you know, coach Weber there as a really good pitching guy, you know, we challenged him to be a pitcher more than a thrower. And all of a sudden he just kind of started to click and he's not throwing quite as hard as I know he's capable of throwing, but he's like, yeah, but I pitch. That's what I'm doing now. I'm not just out there trying to throw, you know, he can run it up to 84, 85 at times, but he'll sit around the, you know, upper seventies, low eighties, and he can find that other gear when he needs it, but he pitches and that's just been great. That development of him is really what's propelled us, you know, especially not having Cooper, you know, be one of those guys we can rely on at the end of the year here. And then you have like, you know, Jackson Green stepped into a role as an eighth grader as like, and know another person like Eli, where you just want to add some depth. And, you know, he's had a lot of success as a young kid and knew that he was capable of possibly helping us out on the mound. And he did a really good job all year long for us. We used him in relief a little bit. He got to start a couple of games at the end of the year. And so, you know, it's a guy that you can rely on to throw strikes and give us a chance. And that. You know, Jace Ranky did a really good job last year for us, and he was probably sitting you know, as a number, I don't know, three, four, five guys, somewhere around there. And then as the year's gone on, um, he's really now solidified himself probably as our number two pitcher behind Cade. And he just is another guy that doesn't beat himself. He's not going to walk four or five guys in the game, hit guys or do anything like that. Teams are going to put the ball in play against him, but he's funky enough that it's not easy for, you know, to to like get a good read on him. You know, he's a six, three, six, four kid, a little sidearmish sort of deal, I guess you might say. And throws a curveball, throws a change up. He's just, he does a great job of keeping teams off balance and they don't really seem to get a lot of solid contact on him. And, you know, so having Caden and Jace as our top two guys right now. And then you go to Mick and Jackson after that, you can go to Eli and DJ, just different guys all the way down in our spot. And then, you know, Nathan Shockmill is a guy that came in relief at the end of the year was really good for us too. And, you know, I'm hoping that as, you know, we get a chance to play here another week, that maybe another week off that Cooper's even healthier and can really step in. And then you got, you know, just another guy that can really help out. It's interesting looking at your staff from last year and this year. And there are some guys that had great years last year that, for whatever reason, whether it be arm troubles or struggles with command or something along those lines, um, didn't have the year that they were hoping for. And then guys have really stepped up in their, into their place. So I'm going to ask you a question, coach. They say that, you know, to win a baseball game, you have to play all three phases of the game well, offensively, defensively, and pitching. If you had to pick what one of those three you feel has been the most consistent and the best all year, which one would you go with? Well, that's a tough question because we've done them all in different facets of, 
of the game. You know, there's as the season's gone on, we've we've had our ups and downs in all three of those categories. But of late, right now, our pitching's probably been the best part. And you know, we've I feel like you know, because you get towards the end of the year and you're not using quite as many people, and you know, it's been Kate and Jace for the most part for us here at the end, and they've been they've been awesome on the mound. And then the second side of it, I would throw out there is we've been really really good defensively. And that's, you know, those are the two big parts that I always say. And then timely hitting is really what you need. You know, we've obviously put up a bunch of runs here and there and whatnot. But, you know, like last night's game was timely hitting. You know, we didn't really crush the ball all over the place and stuff. It was, we got timely hits. And, but, you know, definitely towards the end of the year so far, it's it's been our pitching. And it's just crazy to see how baseball works, how that was a concern for you going into the year. I, I do want to talk about this team before we talk about the playoff run and how it's shaping up for you guys. There was a point in the season, June 2nd, June 5th, and June 6th, where Cascade had lost three games in a row, and you were really struggling heading into that doubleheader against Beckman Catholic, which many people have said that that was one of the best defensive games, doubleheaders they've ever seen played. How did the team rebound? I know there was a day where I believe I saw you canceled practice and you went and I believe you played golf. I could be wrong, but talk about that rough stretch, how Cascade rebounded, and then talk about the relationships that the players have with each other and then the coaching staff has as well. So, yeah, we had a little bit of a rough stint. That was like, you know, as I said, the ups and downs that we had. We weren't very good defensively. Um, and a couple of those, one of those games, you know, the Lisbon game, we just, we didn't play very well. You know, the one game we got beat by Davenport North there, I think was one of the games as well. And, you know, we, we hung around a little bit, but they ended up swinging it pretty well against us. And then, you know, you go, you look at how we were rolling and you're going to go into the Dyersville game with, you know, losing those, those games. But I also knew that we had Caden Chase that were going to be on the mound for us and those two. And they, you know, like I said, they give us a chance to win no matter what. And, you know, to get that first win four to three and then one to nothing, we lose with Jace on the mound there. It was like, I think that was the moment that guys were like, well, you know, it doesn't really matter. You can rebound from anything, especially against a good team like, um, like Dyersville. And so, you know, that was the moment where it felt like our guys started to realize, Hey, it's not that big of a deal. If you lose a game, you know, there's a lot more to a lot more games to play that year and stuff like that. And, you know, you're right. We did take a little bit of time off there. We did go, we went on a team little, a little team golf outing. I'll give a shout out to Coach Travis Griffith at North Lynn. Um, I talked to him quite a bit. He was doing that with his guys. I think maybe the previous week or something like that. And I said, "Hey, we got to do something and just kind of break this up." You know, as this, as the season goes on and wears on a little bit, you know, you get these guys that are committing their summer to to playing baseball. And when you know, whereas most of their friends are out there, you know, hanging out, having the time of their life throughout the summer, these guys are committed to the baseball program and they don't get to always have that fun. You know, so I thought it'd be a good idea for us to get out and do something fun like that. It seemed to really loosen them up. And I think this group really gets along well. You know, that the relationship they have with each other. You know, Mason said it in the paper last night that all these guys feel like they're his brothers. And, I, you know, I've never had, never witnessed anything, you know, any animosity amongst each other or anything like that. And they, they seem to all get along really well. And, you know, from the coaching staff perspective, yeah, I've, I've been around, um, you know, Coach Weber was an assistant coach when I was in high school. 
Um, I played with him with the Cascade Reds for a long time. And, you know, last year he jumped on board and was a volunteer assistant a little bit for us at the varsity level. You know, and I even coached with him when he was the head coach here at Cascade as well. So, you know, having a guy like him where, in a sense, you can almost read each other's minds and know what we're going to do here most of the time. It's it, That makes it even, that makes it really easy for me. And, you know, and Eric D'Souza hopped on board again. He was with me for a long time. And he wanted to get back in the game a little bit. So having him back at games, you know, he's the guy on the bench that, I, and it's happened a bunch, but I've just noticed it where somebody does something during the game, whether it be a bad base running mistake or something along those lines, and he's already there talking to him. And I'm like, oh, I don't even have to worry about that because I, you know, I know what he's going to say, and I know I'm going to trust him to do that. So I think, you know, from that perspective, the relationship side, I think, you know, that's part of what a really good team is going to be is can they get along well? Can they mesh together? You know, I've been a, I've been a part of really good ones. I've been a part of some teams that haven't been so great that way, and a lot of times the success is just going to be how well do you guys get along with each other? You know, are you, are you going to be on each other for the wrong reasons? Or are you going to be on them for the right reasons? Or are you going to pick everybody up when things go bad? And these guys do that. And I think that's one of the reasons that, you know, we're getting a chance to go down to the state tournament again. Coach, I umpired that scrimmage between you and senior in early May and I pulled up and I was putting on my gear and Eric DeSouza pulled up right next to me. And I, I was really happy to hear that he was back in the game because he is a great baseball mind and he is just excellent with kids. You would think that he was an educator by how well he works and, and talks to kids. So that was a great ad bringing him back. Hey, he was for a while. He was a teacher for a long time. So he knows what that gig is. I didn't know that. He was smart and got out, huh? Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that makes perfect sense. And and I was really excited to see him there. And then going back to Cade Roush, and this is not a knock to any pitcher that I saw this year, but there were some kids that just had some eye-opening or some head-turning pitches. And I cannot believe how much his breaking pitch moves. I was behind the pitcher's mound and he snapped off. I don't know if it was a curveball or if it was a slider, but that thing started behind a right-handed hitter's head and broke for a strike low and away on the outside corner. So he's, he is tough to hit. Yeah. I mean, he's you know, one of the, we try to do in the off season, we do a little bit of some, you know, pitch development stuff and, you know, using just, you know, your phone and have, stand behind pitchers and show their fingers on the ball and things like that. And so Kate's always had that, you know, what they would call a sweeper slider type thing right now. And he throws it, you know, fairly hard for what it would be, I would say, for a high school guy, you know, in the low 70s. But he's also got an overhand curveball that he that he was able to develop. So he's got two different ones. And I think for for him, for the most part, he's able to throw that sweeper curveball for a strike a lot. And he also knows how to throw it away a little bit as well. And then, you know, you're sitting on that and then he can drop in. It's, it's you know, I, I'd say fairly close enough anyways to be in a, a almost pure 12-6 curveball, but it, it's really sharp. And, you know, so I think that's that's really helped him a lot. And always always tried to throw a change up and do some things. I'm like, well, even an overhand curveball he was trying to do a lot. I said, but you rely on the two pitches. You know, that's, the, that's what you're going to have. But, you know, there's some days where, either the, the sweeper or the overhand breaker, which one's going to work best. That's the one you're going to stick with, you know, just throw the change up away. You don't need to have 
all of that stuff in your arsenal because he throws hard enough and he's got a good enough ripping ball that he could just rely on both of those things. So, you know, he worked really hard in the offseason at, at making that happen, and it helped. You know, I, I definitely – he'd be one of the guys that you could tell, you know, younger players is like, hey, this is what it was, what he did in the offseason to, to help develop these pitches and get it done, and, you know, he, he's been phenomenal. What also helps him too is he is a catcher, so he can read swings – and you hope most of the time your catcher is the smartest player on the field because they are that player coach on the field. And I'm sure he benefits from that too. Coach, we have one last question from Will Rowling, and it's a Dr. Phil type question, which I enjoy and the audience enjoys. And then we're going to break down your opening game matchup at the state tournament against Woodward Granger. Will, and I actually wanted to know this too, how special is it for you as a coach to go to state now two years in a row and have your son be a part of the roster? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really special to that, to be a part of that. Um, you know, I never, you know, it's always your goal to be able to get to the state tournament and, uh, you know, to get down there, win some games and you never know what might happen kind of thing. But at, you know, when I first started coaching, it wasn't something that I necessarily thought a whole lot about. And, you know, to have him develop into the player that he is right now and to, you know, be the coach that helps him out a little bit and hopefully gets him on the right path and stuff, it's it's pretty special. You know, I don't know. There's a not probably not a whole lot of coaches out there that can say that they had that opportunity to their son's a, a starting player for them and they got to go to the state tournament at the same time with them, especially two years in a row. Um, so it's it's one of those things that I think – you know, the both of us will probably look back on here after he's done playing and be like, man, I wish we would have, you know, maybe talked a little bit more about that and spent a little bit more time discussing what this is like. Because, you know, as a kid for him, I don't think it's a as big of a deal maybe as it is for me as his dad. But, yeah, it's one of the more special things so far that, and, and as a coaching perspective, for sure, the most special thing that I've ever had. I'll be right back. But first, let's hear from one of our great sponsors. Nolan Weber Insurance through American Family Insurance is a proud sponsor of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Contact Nolan or a member of his crew at 563-258-5467 to request a quote. You can also find this highly reviewed agent on Facebook by searching Nolan Weber Insurance. Coach Cascade drew a three seed coming in at 24 and eight, and you are facing six seeded Woodward Granger, who's coming in at 20 and five. Have we done anything, any advanced scouting on them yet? What do we know about them? And feel free if you want to tiptoe around the question and not get too specific. I truly respect that. But what do we know about Woodward Granger? Well, you know, we always we talk a lot about this idea that once you get into districts, everybody's zero is oh no, they don't. You know, you're going into it just as a, a new season, a new fresh season, and you know they're in a sense in the same boat as we are, where they've won all their games so far, so they're undefeated. And you know, so you can't. I don't always look at the regular season as being like the end all be all of what that team is because right now, you know, they're playing really well, and so you know they beat. They beat Carroll Kemper, who had been ranked all year long in the, the sub-state final game, 3-2, to two, I think that game was, maybe. And, 
you know, I know just from looking at stats and, you know, the couple of people that I talked to, I know that they got two pretty good arms. They got a freshman kid that's really good and a senior that's really good. And they're a, they're a really scrappy team. And, you know, I compare them a lot to, you know, a lot of teams that we played so far, I can say that they're very similar to some of the teams that are in our conference. And that's one of the, you know, I think a benefit that we have is that our conference is always pretty good up and down. And there's a lot of teams that are like similar to what we've seen so far within districts, you know, as like, you know, playing Denver, playing um, MFL and stuff like that. So, you know, they remind me a little bit of like, say, a Monticello where they got you know a good arm and like the Roar kid for them. That's going to carry him a senior kid that's going to compete and do those things. And then the scrappiness that, you know, Monticello always tends to have. That's what they kind of, I guess, in my my opinion, anyways, that's what they remind me of. So, you know, we got to come out and just, you know, treat it like we would any other game. And that's what we've tried to do all your, you know, through districts anyways, so far as just like it's just like any other game. We don't have to do anything crazy special to win or anything like that. We just got to be who we are. And I think that'll, that'll serve us well. Coach, last question before we hit into that podcast killing double play. First of all, want to congratulate you again, your, your coaching staff and your kids and your families on something that's never done in such a storied baseball program of reaching the state tournament two years in a row. A lot of talk, a lot of buzz in the community, and you mentioned it before that a lot of times Cascade didn't make the state tournament because they wound up playing Beckman Catholic in sub-state or even a sub-state final. You are in separate brackets. The buzz around the community is how awesome would it be to see Beckman facing Cascade with a state championship on the line. What are your thoughts on that, Coach? Well, I think there's been a lot of years that when we've played them in a sub-state final or a district final game where people have said, hey, that was like that was a state title game. You know, you're the two best teams in the state. And you know, certainly that would be one of the, I think for everybody around in this area, it'd be one of the like more exciting things that you could be a part of is a Cascade Dyersville um, state title game. You know, they're a really good team. Um, they're playing really well right now too. And, you know, obviously there's a chance that that could happen, you know, with them being on the top and us on the bottom. And, you know, I think everybody in this area will just would look at that in terms of saying, Hey, this would be one of the coolest things that you could ever see in the baseball field. You know, we've, everybody has seen that in terms of the, a district final, like I said, district final sub-state game, stuff like that. But I think to be able to get that done down at the state tournament would be would be awesome. I couldn't agree with you more. Well said, Coach. Coach, again, thank you for joining me on the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Best of luck next week. Community is pulling for you guys to bring home that first state championship in program history. 6-4-3, we're out of here. Dugout Sports in Fairfax, Iowa is a proud sponsor of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Train where the pros in Iowa train at Dugout Sports. They have top-notch instructors, offer amazing camps led by owner and operator Jay Wannell. Find them on Facebook or with a simple Google search, Dugout Sports in Fairfax, Iowa, to get all your information.
thank you for listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Don't forget to stop by Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, and also subscribe on Spotify.